Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now, here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, uh, last week I got a question from Phil, who is a listener to our podcast, and here's what Phil wanted to know. He said, my wife and I purchased long-term care insurance over 15 years ago, and we're facing another rate increase. We have one scheduled this year, and the total premiums are expected to increase by 90% over the next three years. We are offered some options to stay with the company or cancel, but would like to know if there are other options we should consider. So I will just tell you, unfortunately, Phil is not alone, um, as this same scenario has been playing out for tens of thousands of Americans over the last decade here who have purchased traditional long-term care insurance plans in the past, you know, really over the past 30 years, they have all seen their rates go up. In fact, rate increases became so prevalent that the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, or what we call the NAIC, passed a Rate Stabilization Act that most of the states have implemented. And simply put, it requires more steps and more information from the insurance companies to actuarially account for premiums. And the goal is to bring more stability to the premiums that are offered on the new plan. So if you go out and buy a plan today, the idea is that that pricing should be more stable. You should have a a much smaller chance of seeing a rate increase versus some of these older policies. And it's also designed really to make it harder for the insurance companies to come back and raise rates in the future on plans that they've already sold. So, and I will just tell you, in fact, if we look at it, insurance companies um, want to raise rates, it's it's pretty close to a three-year. So if they decide, like, we need to raise rates, it's really a 36-month process to get that done. And there's a tremendous amount of information and statistics that they have to provide to the states to justify that increase. And also, this is one of the big changes. They can only raise rates to financially support that pool of policies that they're seeking a rate increase on, meaning that they can't raise your rates for other reasons like expansion or building a new office building or something like that. And so the way long-term care insurance premiums, and again, we're talking about the traditional pay-as-you-go plans that have been around since the the late 1970s, really, um, they can only raise the rates like medical insurance in a group, but that group could be a group of 74-year-olds in this particular county of the state or whatever it is, but it has to be a group of people. So now they have to justify that, hey, we're raising rates on this group. We need it for this block of business. Now, while the Rate Stabilization Act has done a good job at creating you know, more stable pricing for the new policies that are being offered out there, the fact remains that most of the policies taken out in the past are still subject to rate increases. And when I say past, let's go back you know, prior to 2010, maybe 2015. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. So if you took out a policy in the 80s or the 90s or the early 2000s, you are or you have, they've raised the rates, everybody has raised rates. There's one fraternal company that doesn't sell to the public that has not raised rates last I heard, but everybody else has raised rates on their existing clients. And in many cases, like Phil, we are seeing rather large increases being handed down, and they're spreading out these increases over years. And so this is part of the agreement with the Rate Stabilization Act. The state said, look, you can't come in and raise somebody's rates 90%. So, But what you can do is you've got to spread those rate increases out over time to give people a chance to adjust to it. And so like my mother's policy, this just happened with her policy. She ended up getting this rate increase. It said 27% this year, 27% next year, and 26 or 25 the third year. So that was you know, already planned out, and that was already approved by the states, and that's what we're up against. Now, one of the more recent developments we've seen over the last decade or so is that states are requiring insurance companies to not only justify these rate increases, but to spread these increases out to just soften that blow. And again, that's why we're seeing, like Phil says, we're expected to see our rates go up over 90% in the next three years. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, before we get to Phil's question, I want to spend a couple of minutes on why this is happening. 
I think it's important to understand the reasoning why insurance companies are continuing to seek rate increases on traditional or the pay-as-you-go long-term care insurance plans. It's actually been a combination of events that have led to this current climate that you know basically all the companies are forced to go out there and raise rates on their existing customers. And I want to touch on a few. Number one is interest rates. So insurance companies are what we call cash reserve companies, okay? And again, the whole principle, the whole idea of any insurance is that it's a guarantee. It's not a maybe. It's a guarantee. So I, you know, this event happens, I'm guaranteed this amount of money. So we insure our house for a million dollars and our house burns down. Guess what? There's a million dollars for us to rebuild that house. We go out and we get car insurance for $25,000 because that's what our car is worth. And we wreck our car, we get to 25000 It's a guarantee. And so the idea with insurance companies, they're cash reserve companies, meaning that they have to have cash on hand to be able to pay those claims. They don't know when you're going to wreck your car. They don't know when we're going to go on claim for long-term care. They don't know when you're going to die if you have life insurance. So they have to have reserves to be able to pay those claims. So the cash reserves are mostly held in government treasuries. And so what happens is when the insurance companies are, you know, the actuaries are going to work and they're figuring out how to price the product, what they're doing is they're looking at age, they're looking at statistics, they're looking at all this information, but they're also looking at their rate of return. So every year when you write that check for the premium, what are they going to do? The vast majority of that money is going to go into some kind of government treasury, into their cash reserves, so that they're able to pay claims down the road. So when they're planning these, these, these policies and they're selling these policies initially, what are they looking at? They're looking at current market rates. Well, let's talk about current interest rates. We, I think we all know what's happened, but if we look at the 30-year treasury, what has happened to it over the last 40 years, I mean, it's pretty eye-opening. So in 1983, the average rate was 11.18%. And again, this is on a 30-year treasury. So that means I'm buying a 30-year bond from the government. 11.18% was the average. 1993, the rate was 6.59% average yield. 2003, it was down to 5.43%. 2013, it was down to 3.45%. In 2020, it hit an all-time low of an average yield of 1.56%. That means you tie your money up and you're going to average 1.56% back over the next 30 years. Today, 2023, we've crept back up to 3.84%, and that's up from 3.11% in 2022. So, you know, without a question, the driving force for the insurance companies is that every year when you're writing that check for the premium, guess what? They're investing it at a lower yield, and they were planning on maybe getting 6% or 7% over the life of your contract, and now all of a sudden we're looking, we roll into 2020, and they're getting 1.56% because they do, they buy those longer treasuries in most cases. So this has been probably the biggest driving force to why insurance companies have had to go back and raise rates is because they're looking at it and saying, we just did not get the investment return that we were predicting. So when you had a policy that was written in the 80s or the 90s and they could forecast rates, well, guess what? The rates had never been below you know, 6% since 1970. So they could pretty easily say, well, yeah, we're going to plan on a 6% or a 7% return because they just had never been below that. And that's also why the older policies had a 5% compound inflation rider, meaning that the value of your benefit grew by 5% every year. Again, that was a safe bet because they were getting 7 or 8% on those treasuries. And so they could grow the benefits by 5%. So interest rates, number one problem. But there's also a couple other problems out there too. Persistency. So persistency or lapse rate is, is what is described sometimes is, is how insurance companies measure how long people will keep their policies in force, right? So a lapse is somebody takes out a policy, like a life insurance policy, they pay into it for three years, and then they let it lapse. They quit paying into it, so that policy is, is void. Well, long-term care insurance policies far exceeded the original expectations for the insurance companies. And when they came out with long-term care insurance, they didn't have a lot to go off of. They just had to look at the other policies that were out there and try to figure out, well, this is what an average lapse rate is for life insurance, disability insurance, car insurance, health insurance. And so they were looking at those different types of policies and they were trying to calculate what a lapse rate was. Well, it turns out the persistency or the amount of people that kept these policies in place far exceeded the expectations. So what did that do? That pushed up their liability because a lot more people not only did they hang on to those policies, they paid the premiums, but they also got the benefits out of them. Because remember, if you let your policy lapse, you pay into it for five or six years and you walk away, 
that's just a give me to the insurance company. They got to keep your premiums. But if you keep that policy in force, that's a risk to the insurance company. That's a higher liability. And then lastly, what I want to talk about here, no new clients. Okay. So most of the insurance companies who offer traditional long-term care insurance plans, they've just, they've run for the exit. They've gotten out of the business due to the decreasing interest rate environment, higher claims, and an unclear path on how to be profitable selling long-term care insurance. In fact, we've gone from over 120 companies down to less than 10 today. I mean, we've had over a 90% decrease in the number of companies that are offering long-term care insurance. And here's the problem. Here's what I want you to understand about this. If you have an existing long-term care insurance policy today, I want you to picture yourself inside of a funnel. And so the people inside the funnel are making the premium payments. That's the revenue that the insurance company is generating. And if you think of like Social Security, what happens is we're all working, we're in that funnel. So we're all working, we're paying Social Security. But then what happens? We retire. Well, we fall out of the bottom of the funnel and we start getting our Social Security checks. We're not paying anymore. We're takers. But the government's constantly trying to get new workers to pitch money into that funnel. Well, that's the same way with any insurance. But what happened with long-term care, you fall out of the bottom of the funnel and you're on that conveyor belt, that claim conveyor belt. You're receiving your benefits. You're not paying premiums to the insurance company anymore. But guess what the insurance companies did? That 120 down to less than eight, that means all those people that have policies with companies that no longer sell it, those companies put a piece of saran wrap over the top of the funnel so they're not bringing in new clients. So what does that do? That puts more stress and more burden on the people that have policies that are paying premiums to make sure that the companies hold. They've got to go raise those rates on that because guess what? Mr. Smith fell out of the funnel last month. Mrs. Johnson fell out the next month. And so those people aren't paying in anymore. They're just taking money out of us. So that's been a big problem. No new clients as these companies have exited the business. So what do you do if you're facing rate increases on your existing plan? Let's talk about that next. But first, I need to squeeze in a quick break. So stick around. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes. Guarantee the quality of your care and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you reposition some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us. But the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. 
All right, and we're back. And thanks again for tuning in this weekend on uh, Long-Term Care Radio or listening to the podcast whenever you're doing that. Um, again, we do have a class coming up next month. That's going to be the 21st. That's the only class I have on the calendar right now for September. September is just really busy. We've got a lot of uh, we got a little bit of traveling mixed in there, and we've got a lot of other things going in the holidays and stuff. But we do have an af- afternoon class. That's Thursday the 21st. You can get that information on our website at 525longtermcare.com. And again, that's a live webinar, so you're going to get to meet me. You're going to get to meet the case manager and um, get your questions answered. So just a real good way to kind of get the 10,000-foot overview on all the things that are available out there. So today we're going to discuss what your options are if you're facing a rate increase on your existing long-term care insurance. And I got this question from a podcast listener, Phil, who's wanted to know about his options because he's facing a 90% increase over the next three years on his existing plan. This is a plan that he's been paying into for a long time. Now, first off, there's some protections that everybody has. And again, we're talking about pay-as-you-go traditional long-term care insurance, okay? Not the asset-based plans. We're talking about the people that have bought a plan and you're making that annual premium or that monthly premium every year to keep that policy in force and you're seeing rate increases. Well, the traditional policies have some protections. Number one, carriers can't cancel your policy unless you stop paying your premiums. So even if your health changes, as long as you pay those premiums, you can keep that policy in force. Number two, if the cumulative premium increases past certain limits, the policyholder is entitled to a reduced benefit that would eliminate any future rate increases. And so again, what they're saying is if they raise your rates past a certain point, then the insurance carrier has to offer you a reduced benefit. And or the policyholder is entitled to a reduced paid up or what they call a contingent benefit. So they're going to say, okay, we can reduce your benefit to this amount and your premium will stay static moving forward. Or you can get what they call a reduced paid up, which means you don't pay into the policy anymore at all. And they're going to allow you a small version of that policy. And usually what it is, it's you're entitled to the premiums that you've paid into the policy in most cases. That's known as a contingent benefit. Now, the cumulative uh, premium increases are based on the age you were when you took out your policy. So for example, if you were 50 to 54 years old, the insurance company could raise your policy 110%. Okay, so they could raise the premiums 110% before they have to offer you that contingent benefit. If you're 60 years old, they could only raise it 70%. If you're 65 years old, they could only raise it 50% and so on and so on. So it's based on your age when you take it out. That is available to anyone who has traditional pay-as-you-go plans that is experiencing rate increases. So the first option, if you're facing a rate increase, is to choose one of the options the carrier is offering you. So Phil got this rate increase, but he also got a handful of options. And the options that they offer you are usually a variety of options to reduce the rate that you're going to be paying by reducing the coverage on your existing plan. And the way they'll do this is reduce the daily benefit. So if you're getting $200 a day, they'll say, well, you can go down to $150 a day. They'll reduce the total benefits, meaning that you have $500,000 of insurance. You can reduce it down to $300,000 of insurance, which will shorten the period of time that your policy is good for. Or you can reduce the inflation rider. And this is a big one because, again, 5% compound used to be the standard. But insurance companies are investing your money and they're getting 3%. It's hard to grow your policy at 5%. They've got to raise the rates on that. So that's a big one that they usually offer you is to drop that inflation rider or to change it to a simple interest instead of a compound interest or go from 5% to 3% or 2% or 1%. That's usually what happens. And if your premiums have increased enough, you have the option to reduce or take what they call the contingent benefit which simply, in most cases, just going to say whatever you've paid into the plan is available for you to use for long-term care, if you trigger a claim, at your daily amount. So if you have $200 a day, which is $6,000 a month, and you've paid in you know, $18,000 of premiums, and you take that contingent benefit, what the insurance company says, well, you can pull out $200 a day until you spend $18,000, so about three months' worth of coverage. So basically, you're just getting your premiums back. So let's talk about the contingent benefit here or the reduced paid up option for a second. Again, what this simply means is if you accept the contingent benefit, you will not be required to make additional payments at all. You're just done. You're basically walking away from your plan. You are entitled to the total of premiums that you've paid into your plan. 
if you trigger a long-term care plan. They're not going to give that money back to you just because you cancel, but they'll say if you trigger a claim, you can get the total of premiums at whatever your daily or monthly benefit is. And at best, if you think about this, this is just a free loan to the insurance company. And, you know, and I mean, if at best, meaning you go on claim and they, they you know, you paid eighteen thousand or you paid fifty thousand in premiums, and they say, well, here you can have your fifty thousand dollars back. You don't get any leverage. You don't get any insurance per se. You're just getting your premiums back. And at worst, you're simply underinsured because what you did is you said, well, I canceled my plan and now I need long-term care for an extended period of time, and I'm going to run out of long-term care insurance in a few months. So. This is just simply a way of canceling your plan and accepting that you can use the premiums that you've paid in should you trigger a long-term care event in the future. Not exactly a great place to be, you know, especially if this is the only coverage that you can get. Now, what about getting a replacement plan? This, you know, is this even a viable option? This is the question that most people want to know. In fact, I just had a conversation today with a, a a listener that said, hey, I got this rate increases. I just want to see if there's any viable options for me to switch companies. And we're kind of used to that when we think about homeowners insurance and car insurance, right? I've, in fact, I'm just looking at my house in Colorado and I've got to, you know, the insurance is going up again. It's not that I'm going to call around and see, can I get a bigger deal or a better deal? Because that's what we're used to on, on you know, property insurance and car insurance. But long-term care insurance is different. You know, is this a viable option? It can be, but not always. And let's just kind of talk this through real quick. First off, you have to be healthy enough to qualify for a new plan. Remember, there's medical underwriting to get long-term care insurance. So if your health has changed, you may not qualify for any long-term care insurance. So that's number one. You have to be healthy enough. Number two, is there a viable option to get another plan? Yes, but if your financial situation has changed and allows you to maybe set up an asset-based plan, and again, asset-based plans are the plans that pay you back if you never use them, but they also require you to put more money into them in a shorter period of time. And so this is the question that you're going to be faced with. I mean, has my financial situation changed to where maybe now I can switch from a traditional plan to an asset base? Switching to another traditional plan is almost always out of the question. In fact, I will just tell you, in my entire career, I have never been able to switch someone facing a rate increase on a traditional long-term care plan to another traditional long-term care insurance plan. It just doesn't happen. The problem is, you know, the rates today are higher than they were when you bought your plan, number one. Number two, you're older, so you're automatically going to pay more even if the rates were the same. And that age difference makes a huge difference. And so really what happens, you just get yourself in a situation where this just means that you're just not in a position to change from one traditional plan to another traditional plan and see any benefit. You're going to actually pay more. So that means that the only way you can really switch out is if you're in a position to set up an asset-based plan and you want to walk away from your traditional plan or you want to accept that traditional benefit or that contingent benefit on your traditional plan so that you can then just set up an asset-based plan and you would be able to pull from both of those policies if you needed it. Now, for the vast majority of my clients that have walked away from a traditional plan, they did it for two simple reasons. Number one, they were offered a contingent benefit on their existing plan. Number two, their financial situation had changed and they were in a position where now they could set up an asset-based plan. The advantage of doing this is, you know, is twofold. Number one, it eliminates future payments on an existing plan. And you can still get what you paid into it if you get that contingent benefit. So you still get some benefit out of it if you trigger a claim. And number two, you know you have a plan that will provide you coverage and also pay your estate back now. You're not walking away from premiums like you are in your traditional. And that's always been one of the biggest sticking points. Same reason why I walked away from my traditional plan that I took out in my 40s. Because I'm looking at it saying, I, I have no idea how much money I'm going to pay into that. And if I get lucky and I never use it, my premiums are just gone. So if we go back to Phil's question on options, this is really what it boils down to. If you're facing a rate increase on a traditional plan, you can continue with your existing plan and pay the rate increase. You can reduce your coverage on your existing plan to try to keep your premiums close to where they are or lower them. Or you can take that reduced paid-up option and add an asset-based plan. So that means you, you, you get whatever you paid in in premiums back you don't have any other future premiums to the insurance company on that traditional plan, but then you set up an asset-based plan and you'd be able to pull benefits from both of those. And so that's going to depend on being healthy enough to qualify and being in a financial situation to set that up. Now, I'm looking at my clock here. I need to take a short break for the news, but stick around. Our client of the week is next. And when we come back, I'm going to explain how we help David and Lynette replace a traditional plan 
with a lifetime long-term care plan that will pay them back more than they put into their plan, guaranteed. I'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. All right, and welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate your interest as always. Um, Again, we do have a class coming up next month. It's on our website at 525longtermcare.com. So just uh, click on attend an event and that will give you the information. And we'll update that. I'm going to try to get another class added sometime in September, but... I just don't have any dates um, set aside right now that are going to work. So we're going to still, we've got a little bit of time. So maybe we'll get a second class added for next month. But again, you can get that. And also, if you miss any part of this podcast, you can always get, you know, we we keep about a year's worth of podcasts on our website at, again, 525longtermcare.com. So bottom of the hour here, it's time for our client of the week. And this week, I want to introduce you to David, who is 64, Lynette, who is 65, they're not yet retired, but they will be soon here. They plan on, uh, they're in the process of selling their business and they're going to be retired by the end of the year is what they're hoping. They have three children. They have four grandchildren. And let me give you a quick background here on David and Lynette because it's kind of a unique situation. David and Lynette purchased a traditional long-term care insurance policy about 20 years ago when they were in their 40s. They've been making the annual payments through their company. Their company is taxed as a C corporation, which means they can write off 100% of the long-term care insurance premiums. So if you're a business owner, a C corporation can write off 100% of the premiums. If you're an S corporation or sole proprietor or a partnership with employees or something like that, you're going to be subject to the IRS limits, which are based on age. So like a 60 to, 61 to 70-year-old could deduct $4,700 of premiums this year. The C corporation is not subject to those limitations. And so that's where David and Lynette were. They were just paying 100% of their long-term care insurance premiums out of the business. And it was just a business expense. They have now sold their business, and they're basically just finishing up the paperwork and the closing dates and all that stuff. And they will be retiring by the end of the year and, you know, basically as soon as they close on the sale. So they're going to retire, and that's their plan. They recently received another rate notice from their existing long-term care insurance company, and they thought, okay, we want to go back and revisit this because they've had a couple of rate increases over the years, and now they're facing another big one like a lot of people are. And so they're looking at this a little bit differently, saying, look, we're not going to have the business, number one, to pay that out of, so we're going to end up having to pay that out of our savings. And we don't know when we're going to, you know, use it or if we ever use it, but we have to keep paying on it until we do make a claim or until we die. So they have no idea how much money they're going to put in. They also had no idea how many more rate increases they would see over their lifetime. So their concern is, number one, they just don't like the idea of paying ongoing payments that are subject to rate increases in the future, especially since they're going to be retired and they're not going to be able to pay those premiums out of the business. Number two, if they don't use their plan, the premiums are gone, right? That's just traditional long-term care insurance. There's no return of premium on that. They are committed to having long-term care insurance. In fact, this was a a big sticking point for Lynette. She said, you know, if I can't find a better alternative, we're going to keep what we have because we want the long-term care insurance. Lynette's mom used long-term care insurance for over four years. Her father actually drew on his policy for over two years. So she saw the advantages, the financial advantages, and just the fact that they had their care managed and taken care of. She said it was just she wants long-term care insurance, no ifs, ands, or buts. So this isn't a question about I have enough money, I'm going to walk away from my long-term care insurance. This is just is there a better option for us to maintain some insurance. They don't want to be a burden on their kids. They also want to protect their assets. They've worked very hard over the years to build up a nice estate. They ran their business. They worked hard at it. And they're like, look, we don't want some untimely health event to like drain or or put a burden or limit what we're doing in our retirement. So that was kind of a sticking point for them. When we started talking to David and Lynette, this is kind of what we found out about them. Number one, we did the pre-screen with them. They're both in good shape. And that's key. So again, remember, 
do I have an option for another plan? Number one is your health. You have to qualify. So they did qualify. They had they had no issues. They were in good health. They were in good shape. So we had plenty of options that we could do for them. They were self-employed and they're in the process of selling their business again. So they planned on being retired by the end of the year. They planned on waiting for their social security benefits until age 70. They had retirement accounts set up as well through through that they had put together when they owned their business. They owned their home free and clear. They had cash savings. They had a future income stream coming from the business. So their business, they were going to sell it. They were going to have income. You're going to get some money up front, obviously, but they were also going to get some income paid to them over the next few years. So they weren't too worried about, you know, touching their retirement account or anything else. They had a stream of income to live on, and they figured we will just save our retirement account until we have to take out the required minimum distributions, which is age 73 at this point right now. Their main goal when they retired was really just to travel. They got a lot of places they want to go. And again, you know, if you're self-employed, you know this. Most self-employed people work a lot of hours. And so they're looking at saying, we're going to make up for some lost time. They got a lot of places they want to go see. They want to visit while they're still healthy. And they want to spend as much time with their grandkids as possible. So that's, you know, probably a goal for a lot of people out there. Here's what they wanted from a plan. When we start talking about options, again, they have an existing long-term care insurance plan in place. The rates are going up on them. So what did they want if they could, you know, pick a plan that was different than theirs, what did they really want? Number one, they wanted out of the ongoing payments, especially since the payments were increasing because they said, gosh, we're going to go through this rate increase. And they asked me point blank, what do you think? Will we see other rate increases? And I just looked at them and said, yes, I can guarantee it because they were with one of those hundred plus companies that are no longer selling long-term care insurance anymore. So that just means their company put a piece of saran wrap over the top of the funnel so every year as their expenses go up, there's just fewer and fewer people inside that funnel paying premiums. And so they're going to see future rate increases, no ifs, ands, or buts. They like the idea of having a plan that would pay back the estate. Because again, you've paid all this money into a plan and you realize, well, if I get lucky and I don't use long-term care, the premiums are gone. It's kind of like if we get lucky and the house doesn't burn down, the premiums are gone. A lot of people will say, well, that's just the cost of doing business, right? That's insurance. But again, if you look at there's alternatives, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If somebody would come up with an asset-based um, homeowner's insurance policy, sign me up. I, I, I would be all over that. You know, I'd pay triple the premiums right now if for 10 years or 20 years, if I could just pay that in and have a paid-up policy and get my money back if the house doesn't burn down, right? So that's really what they're looking at. They're saying, hey, there's new alternatives out there. We didn't know about these when we took out our policy, but we like the idea of you know money coming back if we don't use our long-term care insurance. They wanted more meaningful coverage than they had in place. And this was especially true for Lynette. She saw her mom and dad, and her mom and dad used every single dollar out of their policy. And she said, you know, it gets expensive very quickly. So they wanted to make sure that they had meaningful coverage. They wanted the flexibility to see, um, you know, to use the plan, I guess. They wanted the flexibility to make sure that regardless of the situation they were in, whether they were in home, they went to an assisted living facility, they ended up in a memory clinic, if they moved, they just wanted to make sure that the plan was going to work. They liked the idea of being able to pay family members. And this is key because their daughter was a nurse. Their daughter was a registered nurse, lived really close to them, swore up and down that she would take care of mom and dad. And they said, look, maybe she does step in. Maybe she does play some part of a caregiver role. We want to be able to pay her as well, too, with our long-term care insurance. So that was something that was key to them. And they wanted to make sure that the plan worked if they moved. That's not a problem. doesn't matter what state you take your policy out in. They're going to work in all 50 states. And they like the idea of being able to share benefits. And what they mean by this, their existing policy, again, picture a bucket of money for long-term care insurance. Well, they each have their own bucket of money. So if Lynette exhausts hers, she's out. And the same thing for David. If David exhausts his policy, he's out. Well, shared care on traditional plans mean you can dip into each other's bucket. So if you use all of your bucket, you can dip into your spouse's bucket. They did not have that on their existing policy. In fact, their policy just was not a well-written policy. It was sold to somebody that came with them that was selling other benefits to their company and said, yeah, this is long-term care and it sounded like a good idea, but it just it's not a very robust plan. It wasn't well thought out. So, But anyway, they didn't know that. That wasn't their fault. So they didn't have that. So they liked the idea of saying, hey, well, if we set up this insurance, can we do that? Well, on asset-based plans, what we do is we don't have shared care policies. What we do is we have a joint policy, which means 
one big bucket of money that both people can pull out of. And you can get lifetime benefits on some policies. And I actually said that on the on the lead into this. Their policy is not a lifetime benefit. I just misspoke on that. But you can get lifetime benefits, which means you can both pull out your claims, uh, uh, both pull out your monthly benefit you know, forever, or you can get one big bucket of money and one person can use all of it. So if, if the first person passes away, the entire bucket of money is left for the spouse. And so it gives us a tremendous amount of flexibility because when we look at married couples, as a general rule, one of them will use a lot more long-term care insurance than the other one. And it's usually the first person on claim uses the least amount because they'll pass away and the other person's helping them out. So they just like the idea of having more flexibility was the bottom line if they could set up a new policy. So again, we're out, we're out car shopping and you go down your list. I want four-wheel drive. I want a heated steering wheel. I want to be able to tow 5,000 pounds. You know, you just go down the bucket list. And can you get all of these options? Well, it just depends on, on you know, what your expectations are. But that's really what they wanted from a plan. Now, a side note here, their existing plan was in the process of raising rates. When I looked at the paperwork, they were going to be raising their rates basically 78% over the next three years. They were offered several options to keep the premiums down, including basically reducing their coverage, reducing the inflation rider on it. But they were also offered a contingent benefit. And this is key. The contingent benefit says I can cancel my plan in a sense. I can walk away and whatever I've paid in is available for me to use until it's gone, my, my premiums. So their total premiums were about $117,000. That's how much they had paid in in a little, it's right around 20 years of, of premium payments that they made. Their monthly benefit today was at $7,300. So if we split that, because it wasn't one policy, it was they each had their own policy. So just split it basically, you know, $55,000, $58,000 basically per person. So that means each person can pull out $7,300 a month until they spent their $58,000. That's the way the contingent benefit. And that was offered to them. So that that's a great time for them to look at something because they can say, well, if I'm going to set up an asset-based plan, I can walk away from my existing traditional pay-as-you-go plan, but I'm not walking away from my premiums. I can still use that money down the road if I go on claim. And you would want to do that. That would be one of the first things you would file a claim on is your traditional policy to get those premiums back. So again, that's kind of where we were. So now let's talk a little bit about what we did for them. Looking at the options, we came up with a single deposit asset-based plan. We said, look, you, you've got a contingent benefit, so you can accept that. You'll at least get your premiums back if you ever trigger a claim. But now let's find you a replacement policy. And we decided to go with an asset-based policy where we're going to use a single deposit. They were setting on some cash. They had the sell of the business going through. They felt very comfortable being able to just do it in one and done and not have any ongoing payments. So that's what we did. So here's, here's how we set their plan up. Number one, that the premium that we deposited with the insurance company was $336,000. So that was just one check that we wrote to the insurance company. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the funding because there's a, a, a neat little surprise to that as well. But $336,000 went to the insurance company. That is going to provide them with a benefit. That, uh, just think of one bucket of money that they can each pull a monthly benefit out of. And so the monthly benefit is ten thousand dollars. So that means that each person, if they went on claim right now, they could pull out ten thousand dollars a month. So twenty thousand dollars a month if they're both on claim. The total benefit, the total amount of money inside their bucket is nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars. This is nearly double what they had between their two policies that they're just paying premiums on. Now nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars, that's day one, ten thousand dollars a month of benefit, that's day one. We put a three percent compound inflation rider on it, which grows the bucket of money by 3%, and it also grows that monthly benefit, so the amount that I can take out. And again, inflation rider, I hate the name. It's not tied to inflation. It's a compounding effect. We're going to take the benefits, the total amount of coverage, the total monthly benefit, grow it by 3%, compound that every year, right? So the interest you earn this year is going to earn interest next year. That's the compounding effect. So if we go out 10 years, now they have $13,000 a month of benefit, and they've got $1,392,000 in their bucket of money. 20 years, they've got $17,535 of benefit. And again, that's per person. So if both were on claim, we're talking $35,000 that could come out of that plan tax-free per month. They've got $1,727,000 of long-term care insurance in their bucket. So again, remember, this is a joint plan. So if one person uses you know, $300,000 out of that 1.7 million, 1.4 million is left for the other person. If they get lucky and they don't use their plan, 
$360,000 is going to go back to their estate. So 336 in, 360 back. So they're guaranteed to get more money back than they put into the plan. If they use all of their coverage. So let's go back out to 20 years down the road. They're in their 80s. They both go on claim. They both use every single dollar out of their bucket of money. So they use $1.7 million of long-term care insurance. They pass away. Their estate is still going to get a check for $36,000. That's the guaranteed minimum death benefit. It's 10% of the total death benefit. So on these asset-based plans, when I say 360 goes back if you don't use it, well, what if you only use $60,000 of long-term care? You don't use that 360. That 360 minus 60 that they paid out, the estate would still get 300. So you get the death benefit minus any long-term care benefits paid back to the estate. However, once you use $360,000, you've used up your death benefit, they're still going to guarantee you the $36,000. So you're going to get at least $36,000 back. But again, 20 years down the road, they have $1.7 million of long-term care insurance. So that's what we got it for. We didn't get it because they're going to get 360 back. We got it because if they need long-term care, they have you know, 1.3, 1.5, 1.7, 1.8, whatever it grows to because it has that inflation rider. Now, some other features you need to know about this plan. Number one, joint plan. So one bucket of money, they can each pull out of this. And so if one person passes away, it has no effect on that bucket of money. The remainder bucket of money is there for the survivor. They can use it all. If one person goes on claim, and this is the other thing I love about these plants, let's say that um, we'll throw a, we'll, we'll, we'll leave uh, Lynette alone here and we'll throw David under the bus. And so David gets hit by the bus, gets paralyzed. He's in a long-term care situation. It looks like he's going to live a long time and use all that long-term care insurance. Well, he can use all eight years of that insurance. He can pull out the maximum benefit for eight years. Well, what would we do in that case? We would go out and we would get Lynette a separate policy. That's what we would do. But this is a joint plan. It gives them the flexibility. This is a cash benefit plan. I've been talking about that recently. Again, this policy came out just recently, a joint policy. We've had cash indemnity plans out for years, but they've all been individual buckets of money. So everybody had to have their own policy. This is a joint plan. When they go on claim, they're going to get that full monthly benefit paid to them. They can hire whoever they want, including family members, which means their daughter, who is a nurse, they can hire her. That's not a problem. They do not have to turn receipts into the insurance company to get the benefit. You just trigger the claim, and then you will start getting your full benefit without the receipts. Coverage in all 50 states. It's got a retroactive elimination period, which simply means that, hey, you know what? The first 90 days on claim, you're not going to get any money, but then at month four, you're going to get four months worth. So if you're up to $15,000 a month of benefit when you go on claim, the first 90 days, you'll follow your claim. You'll go the 90 days. Month four, you're going to get a check for $60,000. And then every month after that, as long as you're on claim, you'll get a check for $15,000 a month of benefit. And again, it's cash. No receipts required. There's a care coronation benefit involved. They've actually got $360,000 of international coverage. An easy way to think of that is whatever the death benefit is on this asset-based plan, they can use that internationally. So even if they're in Europe or, or in Asia or Australia or someplace, they could actually use that amount over there to pay for care services as well. And the funding. Let's talk about this because this was a home run. Remember I was talking their business as a C corporation. C corporations are not limited to the IRS deduction limits, which means, you know, hey, you can deduct a few thousand dollars a year for long-term care insurance. So this insurance company, and this is key, they separate out on this policy the long-term care insurance premium versus the life insurance premium. Because remember, they're linked. It's IRS calls them linked benefits. So some of this money is technically going to pay for a tax-free death benefit that we can use for long-term care. The other portion is going to pay for just think of it as pure risk long-term care insurance. And this is the way all these asset-based plans work. So if the insurance company separates that out, which this company does, out of that $336,000 they're putting into the plan, $241,865 is considered long-term care insurance. Well, guess what? The C Corporation can write a check for that. So this just, I mean, David and Lynette were just tickled pink when I explained this to them because I said, look, this can now be a business expense. You still own your business. You, you're in the process of selling it. You haven't sold it. Do you have the cash flow for that? And they said, yes, we do. We have that excess money sitting in the account. They can write that check right out of the business. It's an expense to the business. So that means the other $94,000, they're just going to pay out of their savings. The policy is funded. All of the benefits still come back tax-free. They just got a $241,000 write-off for the business. Folks, it is a home run. And so if you're a C corporation, 
You can still set up asset-based plans, and you can even do single payments. They could have stretched the payments out over five years or 10 years, but they can also do a single payments. So think what this does for them. No more payments. Uh, they got rid of their traditional plan. They can take advantage of their existing plan because they have that contingent benefit. It provides them a much more robust long-term care plan, a lot more coverage. It provides them an indemnity benefit. They can hire family members, and it pays them back either way. I'm looking at my clock. I'm running long as usual on this. So let me squeeze in my final break, uh, but stick around. I'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, I had to hit the oxygen tank. I get so uh, worked up sometimes on these client of the weeks, but man, it's, it's like solving a puzzle to me, and I just love that. And so we get these calls all the time. If you just tuned in, we're talking today, like, what do you do if you have a traditional pay-as-you-go plan? Well, our client of the week was classic example. They did the right thing. They bought insurance back in their 40s when they were told to. It was, it was inexpensive. They paid into it, but they've had a series of rate increases, but their financial situation has changed. And they're in a position now where it makes sense for them to just say, hey, we're not going to keep paying into this traditional pay-as-you-go plan. We're just going to reposition some assets. And we got a contingent benefit, our existing plan. Guess what? Means we'll get our premiums back if we trigger a claim. But luckily, you know, if they don't, hey, you know what? 330 goes into the plan, 360 comes back tax free to the state, guaranteed minimum. So that's what I mean. Does it make sense to do something else? Well, two things. A, they were healthy enough, so you've got to be healthy enough to qualify for a new plan. And B, has your financial situation changed where it makes sense? Can I now reposition some money, right? And that's just it. Like, we're going out buying a car when we get our first job out of college. It's, guess what? You know, that's not, it might not be a fancy car, but then maybe later in life, you can afford a nicer car. And that's kind of the way these long-term care plans work. Maybe I can afford a nicer plan, an asset-based plan that's going to pay me back. And again, you got to put more money into those plans a shorter period of time. But if you're in that position financially, they're very advantageous. You're going to get great leverage. You're going to get tax benefits. They got a home run here because they got a huge tax write-off out of their business. And they still have an asset-based plan that's going to pay them back tax-free either way. And that's the sneaky part about this. They can still get a deduction for the business, but even if they never use it, that benefit still comes back to them tax-free. So one of the things I want to talk about, if you're stuck with a traditional plan, 
and you're wondering, okay, what do I do? And if I sign off on this or I just keep my plan, will I see rate increases again in the future? Well, there's a really easy way to kind of predict uh, some probability. And all you need to know is, does your existing insurance company still sell long-term care insurance to new clients? Most of them don't. Again, we went from 120 companies down to less than 10. So if you're with one of those companies, and that's who I was with. I was with Mass Mutual. They were one of the last companies to ever raise rates on their existing clients. And that's not what got me out of them. What got me out of them is not only did they raise rates on their existing clients, they stopped selling policies to new clients. And so then I looked at that. I said, they just put a piece of saran wrap over at the top of the funnel, which means if I keep paying premiums every year, there's going to be fewer of us paying the premiums inside that funnel, which means it's going to put more pressure on the insurance company to raise rates because they're not bringing in outside dollars, so to speak. So that's something you just have to be very aware of. Now, what if you're 75 or you're 76 or you don't have the assets to put in? Well, that's a tough pill to swallow. And a lot of times, if you look at that rate increase, so it's going, say, from 4000 to $6,000, you say, well, that's a huge jump. But if you look at com- comparable coverage today, that might be $25,000 to $30,000. So you have to keep it in perspective. But if your company is no longer selling long-term care insurance, you have a traditional plan, there's a good, 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 a better chance I should say that you're going to see rate increases in the future. So you've burned another week with me. Again, I love the questions. If you have any comments or questions, let us know. You can get, uh, send them through us at our website at 525longtermcare.com. You can also sign up for our upcoming class here in September. That's going to be on the 21st. That's going to be a 3 p.m. in the afternoon, so afternoon class. I might add another class in September. We'll see. It just depends on the calendar. We're trying to work a few things out right now. But in the meantime, lots of information on our website. You can learn about some of our most popular programs, the savings base, the cash indemnity plans that allow you to pay family members and also the lifetime benefit plans. Those are all asset-based plans. They'll all pay you back if you never use them. So check that out, 525longtermcare.com. I'll be back next week. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.